This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's amazing if you think about it, Christian. The Jacksonville Jaguars have a clearer path to the playoffs than Kevin McCarthy has to being Speaker of the House. <laughs> That's a perspective. <laughs> I mean, because I kept hearing this morning, you know, they're talking about all the if uh, this team loses and this team wins, so and so gets in, and if there's a win or a tie in this city, then there has to be a loss in that city. And I was thinking mm-hmm. McCarthy needs something like that, right? He does. If so and yeah, we could. <laughs> He, need, he 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 just needs he needs to be like the seventh seed, you know. Oh, as though this wasn't complicated enough. Uh, this is the really the, this is really kind of the first time I've ever felt a little bit sorry for members of Congress because they have to keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And isn't uh, that kind of the, like most of us do in our everyday lives? Isn't that how we define insanity? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's one of the things we'll talk about today. We're going to have a very exciting show. We're going to have a great show. Uh, we're going to hit the, the commercial breaks on time. I know that because our boss is in the room. Uh, and we've got a lot of things we're going to talk about. Uh, in fact, um, you're going to find this fascinating. Um, the troubleshooter over at News 4 San Antonio, Jay Avila, who's a great guy, uh, has been on our show many times. He's, he's coming on here in a little while uh, with a uh, pretty amazing political story right here in san antonio so i know there's a lot of politics and a lot of news coming out of dc but we've got that story here coming up in a few minutes um when you look at the way the media are covering and the political classes are reacting to this uh kevin mccarthy speakership battle you really can kind of see what's wrong with the whole you know kit and caboodle For example, people in the media and people in the political classes are decrying the chaos and the confusion and the disarray and the arguing and the delays. But if you go back to the beginning of our country, the House of Representatives is supposed to be a deliberative, debating, some might even say combative body. It it has been that. It is supposed to be that. This is called the process, folks. I guess what the critics of this or the naysayers of this want is for everybody to fall in line. They want Republicans to obey their leaders. And, of course, 200-plus of them are doing that, and 20 of them are not. Over on the Democratic side, all of them were obedient. All of them voted immediately to elect Congressman Hakeem Jeffries of New York, the House Democratic leader. Hakeem Jeffries is not a household name. Hakeem Jeffries is not the senior most member of the House or the most popular member of the House. You know what Hakeem Jeffries is? Hakeem Jeffries is the person Nancy Pelosi designated on her way out the door to be her successor. 
So while Democrats are gloating and posting pictures of themselves making popcorn, watching the Republicans, and I agree, it's a mess, it's disarray, but while they're doing that, they themselves showed themselves to be mindless drones. They obediently fell into line. They had no debate, no argument. There was no other candidate for their leader. Say what you want about the Republicans, but it is pathetic to watch the Democrats and the leftist media gloating about this as if dissent and debate are are bugs. Actually, they're features. So what's happening right now, whatever you think of it or I think of it, is actually what is supposed to happen. And our elites have gotten to the point where they believe that government is about obedience. It's about following the limbing in front of you over the cliff. It's about voting in lockstep. They use terms like loyalty to the caucus, which are not real things to most of us. We pledge allegiance to our country, to our flag. Some of you have worn its uniform. All of us stand up for our flag and our anthem. But to them, loyalty is about doing what your party leaders tell you to do. Now, I will admit these 20 rebels, renegades, whatever we're calling them, holdouts, uh, they, they clearly did not have a good plan. Okay? I'll be the first to say it. Uh, they didn't find a popular candidate to unite behind, or frankly, any candidate. They don't seem to have had a very good plan in place for how to execute this. They seem to be ever-evolving their list of demands. That may partly be because every time somebody interviews a Chip Roy or one of these other 20, he is speaking for himself, but then his demands don't always match up with what another guy's demands were. So it, it, it is a hot mess, okay? And it's not good strategizing. It's sort of like, you know, shooting before aiming. But these are 20 people that have resisted the uniparty guy and the uniparty line. And they are insisting on debate and deliberation, which is what the House of Representatives is supposed to be all about. And that is supposed to be messy. And that is supposed to be chaotic. And that is supposed to sometimes make it difficult to get things done. You're being told these are anomalies and bugs. And in recent years, they're very rare. But this is how, how it's supposed to work. How it is not supposed to work is do what you're told. Do what the party leaders tell you. Be loyal to your party. Be loyal to your caucus. Give the guy that waited his turn his due. In our country, it's not a virtue to take your marching orders and fall in line. But the Democrats seem to think it is, and the media seem to think it is. When I was in the eighth grade, I had a history teacher that told, told us and taught us about a woman named Jeanette Rankin. She's pretty much forgotten in the history books now. But Jeanette Rankin was the first woman to serve in Congress, and she was a suffragette and a pioneering reformer, and she got elected to Congress from Montana. She served two non-consecutive terms in the House and just happens to have been in the House both when World War I and World War II uh, were entered into by the United States. And she voted no. She voted no U.S. participation in World War I, 
and no entering World War II. She was the only member of Congress to vote no on World War II. Now, my teacher brought her up not because she was trying to say Jeanette Rankin was right, we shouldn't have fought these wars. She brought her up to make the point that casting extremely unpopular votes is an act of conscience. I mean, you can imagine, she's the only woman in Congress. You can imagine the condescension and mansplaining that Jeanette Rankin must have got for these no votes. And I'm not saying it's exactly the same thing, because what you could say about Jeanette Rankin is she didn't prevent us from going to the war. These 20 are preventing the House from uh, beginning its session and having a speaker. But the point is, we have to decide whether conscience is more important than obedience or obedience is more important than conscience. And when you think of it that way, there's a lot more than 20 of us that don't like what's going on right now. There's a lot more than 20 of us uh, that are not ready to have a coronation for Kevin McCarthy. I love when they say, only 20, and these 20, and who do these 20 think they are? Funny how they didn't have any problem when John McCain was the only vote against repealing Obamacare. They didn't have any problem in the past when Republicans would defect from the caucus and the loyalty to party to do things like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. But these 20 somehow, this isn't a profile in courage, this isn't a good thing, this isn't an act of conscience. So here's Congressman Dan Crenshaw from the Houston area who used to have a lot of respect for him. We've had callers to this show say they wished Dan Crenshaw could be president someday. But he said in an interview last night, we cannot let the terrorists win. And he's referring to the 20 Republicans holding out against Kevin McCarthy. We cannot let the terrorists win. These effing people are being clowns, he told a reporter. Behind closed doors, tell us what you actually want or shut the F up. They need to be men and adults and say what they want instead of playing these little games. So Dan Crenshaw's a Republican, thinks his Republican colleagues are terrorists. By the way, I mentioned Adam Kinzinger. I don't know if you heard this or not. Adam Kinzinger, the Republican congressman, uh, now former Republican congressman uh, and uh, Air Force veteran, um, who participated on the J6 committee and wept over Donald Trump, has now taken a job at CNN. They announced this week that he will be their senior political commentator at CNN. So when he left Congress, he said he wanted to leave the spotlight, and I guess if you go to CNN, you have, given their ratings. But um, whatever Adam Kinzinger really believes and whatever he's really about, and maybe he's totally sincere in the things that he says and does. I just, I thought it was interesting that if you're a never-Trump Republican, you always come in for a nice, soft landing. There's always a place for you. There's always honors and accolades, and somebody will set you up. He's he's all set now. He's got a cushy job. But if you are a Republican that's acting on conscience, if you're saying things and doing things they don't like, then all of a sudden it's not brave like Jeanette Rankin. It's not worthy of hiring you or accommodating you. Instead, you're a terrorist 
You're a rogue. Who do you think you are? You're tearing down democracy. I just think it's very interesting to watch the reaction to all of this. I, as I've said all week, I, I, I think you may be watching and listening to this thing in the House wondering, what does this mean to me? You're right to wonder that. This is being presented to you as if it's the most, like you and your family should, should drop everything and, and wait on the edge of your seats to see what's going to happen here. And if you're not doing that, you're, you're not wrong because this is being force-fed to you just like it's being force-fed to those 20 or so members of Congress. Anyway, I want to get your take on that. And uh, since Chip Roy has been on our show and has become one of the leaders of this uh, faction, uh, do you approve or disapprove of, of what he is doing and how he is handling this? That's our question on today's JR Poll. And you can participate in the poll at KTSA.com or when you call into the show, which you can do right now, 210-599-5555. We're going to get to your calls Uh, News 4 troubleshooter Jay Avila coming up and more. Hey, this is David Van Camp, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected. KTSA News Time 423, The Dish, tomorrow in our 6 o'clock hour. It's back for the first time in the new year. We'll talk restaurants. You can praise or zing your most recent restaurant experience live. 6 o'clock hour tomorrow, The Dish. Here on 550 and 1071 KTSA. All right, so um, the speaker uh, battle goes on, showdown, stalemate, whatever we want to call it. Um, Is it really a virtue to demand that every member of Congress obey their caucus? Does that sound right to you? I mean, is is that how we learned about the founding and the way our system works? Isn't the notion of debate, argument, give and take, isn't that the heart and soul of this thing? And if it seems weird, if we're like, well, why is this happening? Is it possible that maybe we haven't had enough of it recently? A little music playing there in the background. Um, maybe we haven't had enough of it recently. Um, and, and that's why it seems so, so strange. I, I personally don't find the behavior of the Democrats in this instance to be like a better, a better fit or a better, uh, outcome. They voted in lockstep with no discussion, no debate, no alternative for a leader handpicked by the outgoing leader. I mean, that's fine. That's their thing. They want to do it. That's okay. But, but that's not how this is supposed to work. What do you think about it? 210-599-5555. And we're asking you about Chip Roy and how he's handling this on the JR poll. And Greg is on KTSA. Greg, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you? Love the radio show today. The topic is excellent. As it refers to Chip Roy, I couldn't be prouder than him as my congressman. Everyone needs to remember that McCarthy was Paul Ryan's number two man while he was the Speaker of the House. And Ryan fought everything President Trump wanted to do. And so now we have a congressman and 19 others who are standing up for their principles and going, we're not willing to compromise our principles. And what we're doing isn't working. Let's do something different. And The thing about Paul Ryan also is, as you watch all the talking heads on Fox News, 
Ryan's on the board of directors for Fox News. You don't think they're not sending down the message, support McCarthy, trash the uh, Freedom Caucus? Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I, to me, Fox has given the, the, the Chip Roy and other people, they've given them a lot of airtime. I have no problem with the way, i got to be honest, Greg, I don't have any problem with the way they're covering it. Um, and I would take Paul Ryan over over Kevin McCarthy all day and, you know, twice on Sunday. But But to your point about loyalty and 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 uh you know listening to your conscience i was just remembering have people forgotten who the congressman was from that district for many many years it was lamar smith and lamar smith was yeah. a nice guy but he was a typical republican he did what the leadership told him he followed every directive and edict he was he was solid as a rock he became the chairman of the i'm talking about the the seat that chip roy holds now Lamar Smith became the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. He gained a lot of seniority. He was a quote unquote good Republican. Um, but what he what he wasn't was a guy who you ever saw say, "Hey, I think they're wrong on this. I'm going to go in a different direction." So we need more of that. Even if you don't agree with the way they've done it or the strategy or they didn't have themselves organized, um, I, I don't. I fail to see how this is some sort of flaw in the in the system. This is the the epitome of the system: debate, disagreement. This is what is supposed to happen. And it, it, the 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 sort of the framing of this is upside down and backwards. Kevin McCarthy is not supposed to be the speaker. He's not supposed to be elected. He has to ask for the votes, and he's not getting them. And it seems to me, and I may be wrong about this, that he even when he says, I'll give you this and I'll do that, they don't seem to believe him. And these are people that know him and have known him for years. He's been part of the House leadership for a decade almost. I mean, he was there for Boehner in the mid-20-teens. you know, 20 teens. So the people that know him best don't seem to trust him even when he's making verbal concessions as he is right now. 210-599-5555. Jason's on the radio. Jason, good afternoon. Yeah, hey, Jack. No, you're spot on. You know, the thing I, I kind of uh, get upset about is folks go, hey, this is the way it shouldn't work, or this is the way it should work. Look, the Democrats, by having blind loyalty, you know, and all supporting Nancy Pelosi, that's a strength and that's a weakness, okay? But the key is, it's a lot easier to get behind somebody that wields a mighty hammer, like Pelosi, who fights like everything for all Democratic choices, for all liberal choices. Look, if there's 20 folks that don't agree with McCarthy, I guarantee there's 30 others that are scared to man up. It's same thing with Trump, okay? There's, there's 30 others that, that probably agree, and behind the scenes, they don't want to be yeah, ostracized yeah. by the yeah. party. And the thing is, you and I, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But I'm going to tell you what, when guys like Gingrich, he gets on, who I used to have a ton of respect for in Huckabee, and they say, how dare this 10% hold up 90%? How can they do that? Well, they can do it very easily because they're doing it. And like you said, the system's designed not that they do it, the, the system's designed that they can do it. It's not bad if everybody falls in yeah. line that's how yeah. they want to do it but it's not bad for folks that don't want to but they don't want to be questioned right. so we're holding up the government for a handful of days 
Man, they jammed through $1.7 billion. The omnibus bill, they jammed that through in 72 hours. Yeah, we, had a we'd be a lot better off if the government was held up a lot more often. <laughs> this this no whole doubt. thing needs to slow no down. Doubt. Yeah, good good point, Jason. Thank you. Appreciate it. 210-599-5555 on KTSA. Mike is on the radio. Mike, good afternoon. Afternoon, Jack. Uh, I echo what other people are saying. I love what Chip Roy is doing. Uh, you just said something about... Um, you didn't have an issue or something like that with the way Fox News is covering. I don't really watch them, but sometimes I'll watch Tucker. But last night I had it recorded and it happened to catch Sean Hannity, uh, I'll say, beating up on and just berating Lauren uh, Baber, the, Baber uh-huh. from Colorado. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just, you know, well, don't you need to back down? And I'm not, I was, and then I heard Ingram also did it to Chip Roy. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Then maybe they are. Maybe 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 they are. Maybe they are. You know what? Though I'll tell you what happens. I'll tell you what happens, Mike. I I can't speak to the issue of getting orders from on high, but I will say people like Hannity and and Ingram are friends with a lot of these politicians. And if there's one thing I've learned doing this now for thirty plus years, you, you can either cover them or you can be friends with them, but you can't you can't do both. And, and, and so they're probably taking, taking this very personally. Yeah. I don't know that he was taking orders. I'm not saying that. But what I did here, because I don't even watch him, it just because I had recorded the start of the show, mm-hmm. uh, bled over, and he was just talking over the top of her and mm-hmm. and just coming at her. And, and she said, she said, you know, you only have 20 people. And she said, well, somebody, your previous caller just said it, there's more that are yeah. afraid to speak up. Yeah. I, I'm glad they're doing it. Just yeah. So good point. Well, thank you for telling me that, Mike. If that's because I don't, yeah, I don't see a lot of their prime time. I see their daytime stuff, and they seem to be pretty level-handed in the daytime. If their prime time stuff is slanted, um, I would not be surprised if it's simply because a lot of folks, and I, I don't know this, but I could kind of guess that it's true, just reading between the lines, looking at the familiarity. I noticed that. Uh, people like Hannity and Ingram often refer to their political guests by their first name. Instead of saying Congressman Jones, they'll say, uh, you know, hey, thanks, Tom. Uh, I, I think they're all friends. So probably McCarthy's a friend. Probably they've they've d- dined with him or he's given them, you know, access. And, and yeah, they, they take this personally. I don't. Uh, and I'm not friends with these people. And obviously, <laughs> and obviously I won't be now. But I, I, I think... I think probably in the end, and I've said this before, probably in the end, somehow, some way, by hook or by crook, McCarthy will get this. But when he does, what's happened is what is supposed to happen. It is not some sort of anomaly. And if we think that's true, why do we even have a Congress? Why do we have debates and votes and committee hearings and filibusters? Why have any of it? If the idea is somebody tells you how to vote and then you vote that way. All right, we're going to update KTSA Time Saver Traffic. Jay Avila, News 4, troubleshooter, an incredible story right here in Bear County. You need to hear coming up on 550 and 1071 KTSA. All right, KTSA News Time 438. Jack Riccardi, 550 and 1071 KTSA. There is a big um, sort of ongoing debate in this country over cash bail and the opponents of cash bail say that it is a um, racially structurally unfair system 
that traps uh, minority and poor uh, people behind bars, uh, including people that are are, are low risk and, and have committed minor crimes. But in the crusade against cash bail all around the country, including here in Bear County, we're seeing fairly dangerous, violent people uh, getting bonded out. One of the groups uh, doing that uh, here is a group called the Texas Organizing Project. And News 4 San Antonio troubleshooter reporter Jay Avila has been covering this for uh, for several months now, where they raise money and they get donations and they bond out uh, people from the Bear County Jail. In fact, uh, the the county is helping sort of point to or identify uh, likely candidates uh, for these um, for these bail. Uh, I guess you could say these these sort of uh, surprise free ticket uh, bail and 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 the Texas organizing project is getting its money from another organization called the Bail Project, uh, as uh, Jay Avila ex- explained in a report on Channel Four last night. Take a listen to this cut number five. Money Texas Organizing Project uses to bond out inmates came from a California group called The Bail Project, which gets donations from celebrities like John Legend, Danny Glover, and Richard Branson. The Bail Project closed its Las Vegas chapter last month after it was sued by a restaurant worker named Cheng Yan Wong, who survived being shot 11 times by a repeat offender bailed out of jail by the Bail Project. Six days later, he does this again, uh, and Mr. Wong is lucky to be alive. Jay Avila joins us now on the KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker line. Um, we're, we're seeing here the same thing they're seeing in other places around the country, Jay, where uh, these uh, inmates that are chosen uh, for this uh, sort of, I guess, you know, it, it's, it sort of comes as a surprise to them. They don't realize it's going to happen, and then uh, somebody tells them, hey, you're, you're getting out, your bond has been paid. Um many of them are going right back to crime and and turning up in jail again. That's true. Thanks for having me, Jack. Uh, That's certainly what we found out um, with the latest batch that we researched. Um, And that's how I kind of started this latest report was that I found out that before Christmas, there was going to be a batch of about 16 bonded out on the same morning um, by uh, Texas Organizing Project, which is also called TOP for short. And um, so I showed up at that. I interviewed one of the inmates. And um, basically, I, I kept track of those 16 inmates that were bailed out on Christmas. And three of them were already back in jail before New Year's uh, reoffending. And you have to remember that they, the reason that they're called low risk and they're, they look like they're eligible candidates for this um, is that they're currently in the jail on a charge that isn't relatively serious. It's uh, relatively minor. But in setting bail, judges are supposed to look at um, the criminal history to see what kind of serious crimes are there. And in these cases, we, you know, we did find a lot of uh, serious crimes and, and repeat offenders where in the past, more than once, they've committed crimes while they were on bond. And that is supposed to be a disqualifying factor, and yet it doesn't seem to be. Yeah. You had done a report last fall um where 
you played a phone call recording uh, that had two people from uh, Texas Organizing Project on the call, and they were talking to uh, someone who they believed was an inmate uh, who they had recently bailed out, and they were asking something of him in return uh, for this uh, for this bail. I want to play that and then get your explanation of this. Cut number two. We have certain asks mm-hmm. of people that we that we uh, bail out. What you mean? Because I don't have a car. No, no, no. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, it, it's the certain asks is you know this is getting into the uh, uh, election time. Uh huh. We have we have people out here canvassing for us that we bailed out. Oh, okay. They're making they're, they're making twenty dollars an hour. Oh man, I want to do that. Canvassing for twenty dollars an hour. As kind of a quid pro quo, it sounds like. Well, it certainly sounds like it. That's what kind of got our attention. We we were given that recording by someone, again, impersonating. They were pretending to be someone bonded out recently by top. Um, but it was actually someone who has ties to the, the bail bond industry. So they knew that this person had been bonded out by top. And the two top officials were on the phone with them, and one of them you know, makes the pitch that you can make 20 bucks an hour by canvassing for us. And this was in the run up to the November election. And so, um, you know, naturally, what I thought of was I go through those campaign finance reports and um, and the the district attorney, uh, Joe Gonzalez, he not only contributes to top, but top did twenty seven thousand dollars worth of canvassing for him this time around. Mm -hmm. They did canvassing for him before, and they mm-hmm. it's a in-kind contribution. They fill out a form for it. So naturally, I connected the two. Um, when I contacted Gonzalez and Top, they both said, no, it's not quid pro quo. We don't do that. In fact, I think they told you that um, the, the person, the, the man we hear on that call uh, making the offer was misinformed? Yes, they say that he, uh, he misspoke, even though... His superior, who I've interviewed um, before, uh, she's in charge of the bail operation, was on the phone at that time and did not speak up and correct him in any way or anything. It was almost like a training call. And mm-hmm. uh, but they they claim that he was that he misspoke. And so they deny that that's what they were doing. So, as I said at the outset, there is sort of a big picture debate about cash bail. And that's one thing. But. What you have here looks sort of like a very um, dark, dirty, uh, you know, we're saying one thing, but we're doing another. As you mentioned, these are people with essentially criminal resumes, even though the charge they may be in for at the moment is low level, they they have more, uh, shall we say, accomplished criminal resumes. They're not good candidates for being out in the street. The, the, The record all around the country shows that many of them reoffend and reoffend very quickly. And then you layer in this sort of, well, maybe it's not even about cash bail. Maybe it's about uh, politics. It's the oldest game in the, in, the, you know, in the world, right, where you're basically saying one hand washes the other. Um, I, I guess my question to you is two, two parts. One, how did you get interested in this or become aware of this? And why isn't this part of the everyday news coverage of somebody like Joe Gonzalez. I mean, you're you're a troubleshooter reporter, but this is something we should have known about and been hearing about 
during the, the campaign. Yes, uh, of course, I did my first story uh, back in February, and I did some follow-ups, you know, during the year and, uh, you know, interviewed Joe Gonzalez about it. And uh, he, he says that he has nothing to do with what Top is doing. He, he doesn't deny that he um, contributed money to them and that they do canvassing, but claims it's, you know, unrelated to, the, uh, to what's going on with the, uh, with the bonds being lowered and with these people being um, bailed out because he says he, he says, you know, the judges are the ones that are actually um, setting the bond. And uh, even though, of course, we all know that the representative of the DA's office has uh, big input and recommendation to that whole process, but um, but he's kind of trying to distance himself from from it. So we did report it in the months leading mm-hmm. up to the election, and as a matter of fact, that um, that recording of the phone conversation was given to us a few days before the election. And even though an attorney for Joe Gonzalez contacted us and said that. Um, you know, kind of threatened us that we shouldn't uh, air the story. We went ahead and we aired it the, so- the story the day before the election. Mm-hmm. So we've been, you know, we've been trying to make sure the public knows about this and that this is unusual. And the county is um, at several levels. The county is supporting this um, this uh, bail activity um, as far going as far as supplying a list of of candidates and. Uh, so it is unusual, and we just hope we don't have a situation uh, like they did in Vegas where mm-hmm. one of these people ends up uh, being involved in a violent crime after being bonded out. Well, like I said, I, I, I wish there was I, I wish I wish there were 10 times the number of journalists working on this, but I'm very glad you are and uh, appreciate your good work on this uh, and your time with us today. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Jack. And we'll talk to you, Jay Avila, News 4 Troubleshooter on our KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker line. We're going to get an update on KTSA Time Saver Traffic. We're going to go back to your calls. Got a lot to talk about. There's actually something even bigger than this Kevin McCarthy thing that we got to talk about. And I'll get to that here, and we'll get to your calls. 210-599-5555 on KTSA. Uh, people in the military who make sacrifices for our country, including the ultimate sacrifice, uh, but even those who serve and come home from their service, uh, we have to remember that it's it's the family as well. The, the family serves with that service member. And at Laurel Ridge Treatment Center, they understand that and they've appreciated that. And so for over 30 years, they've been a mental health care resource for not only returning servicemen and women, but for their families. And the issues that are uh, that, that are, you know, brought about by military service whether it's anxiety or depression or whatever it is, they are there for the military families of Military City USA, have been since 1987 at Laurel Ridge Treatment Center. So customized options, inpatient and outpatient services and day treatments, and you can call for a free assessment 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 210-491-3591, 210-491-3591, or visit online at laurelridgetc.com. That's laurelridgetc.com. 4.54 on KTSA, Jack Riccardi, late afternoon show. We uh, were asking today on the JR poll, do you approve or disapprove of Chip Roy's stance on the McCarthy battle? And we'll talk about that. And um, yeah, this thing that uh, Jay Avila has done such an incredible job on at, at Channel 4, I mean, he, he really is he's, he's as good as they get. 
Uh, but this should be a bigger story. You know, it, in this town, in this town, it's it's not Nirenberg or the, the city council or the new Bear County judge, Judge Sakai. The, 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 the man who's going to make the difference in San Antonio is Joe Gonzalez. Do you have any idea how many people move here and have moved here and are moving here? to get away from broken, failing cities, places where they're not safe. I don't just mean they don't feel safe. I mean, they're not safe. They come here. They're coming here from places that are broken. And we have a district attorney who is frantically building the policies of those places, who is recreating here the broken criminal justice system of the Portlands and the San Francisco's and the Chicago's and the New York's, and, and people don't realize it. And if you're moving here from some other part of the country, you do your homework, but you probably don't look up who the DA is. But I'm telling you, that's what's going to matter in the months and years ahead. More than any of these other elected officials that get more ink and more airtime, it's Joe Gonzalez. So there is something even more important as a country that we're going to have to figure out than who the next Speaker of the House is. I mean, it, I'm not saying it's not important, but it isn't as important as, as you're being told. Here's something that's bigger. What are we going to do with the FBI? You say, Jack, what are you talking about? The FBI? Where, where'd you come up with that? I'll tell you where I come up with that. Think about the last, I don't know, seven or eight years. The FBI is interfering in the 2016 election under Jim Comey, who believed he had a responsibility to affect the outcome of an election. I mean, J. Edgar Hoover on his worst day didn't think that. But Jim, Jim Comey did. He was proud of it. He wrote a book about it. They lied to the FISA court. They covered for Hunter Biden. They got with Twitter and Facebook and other big tech companies and they attempted to direct the suppression of speech and platforms and access. And that's to name just a few. The FBI is way more dangerous than Nancy Pelosi or Kevin McCarthy will ever be. I say this with respect. I'm of the generation that watched Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. on television and was thrilled and wanted to be an FBI agent when I was a little boy. And I, I, I know they've done a lot of great work. And I know there's thousands and thousands of really talented and committed agents and technicians and specialists. I'm not, not running down the people of the FBI, but the, the leadership of the FBI is corrupt. And it's become a corrupt organization. And... This is what is going to matter. And we're not talking about it. And we're either not talking about it because people are afraid to talk about it, or we're not talking about it because it's complicated. Like, how do you fix this? It's not just going to be a new director. It's going to have to be something much more. You've got, you've got people in Congress, I mean, serious people, not fringy people, serious people that are saying, we might have to start all over again. We might have to just level this thing and build a new agency. I don't know. And there's people who say, well, 
it probably needs to be broken up into two or three agencies because most countries have a national law enforcement body and then a national counterintelligence agency. There are separate branches, separate agencies, and we roll all that into the FBI. And some have said, well, at, at, at least, if nothing else, the next director needs to be somebody that's been a field agent. And I thought this was interesting. In the 100-year history of the FBI, only two directors, only a fraction of those 100 years have they had a director who actually had ever been an FBI agent. Can't say that about police departments or the top general for the Army or the Air Force. They, they served in it, right? Not the FBI. All political appointees. That's something we got to deal with. We'll talk about that and many other things here after the news. I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News. Right now, time for more of the Jack Riccardi Show. It's uh, really great news to hear that DeMar Hamlin is showing improvement. Yep. I didn't think we would hear that this quickly. Um, I didn't know what to expect, but... Um, and, and obviously, he's not out of the woods, but um, what they're calling remarkable improvements... I, I love the story of him writing the note about who won the game. Mm, yeah, that's just, yeah. that's, that's, God bless him. That's what um, you want to hear. So the, the, the Bills are hosting New England um, this weekend. It appears they will play that game. A lot of people are asking, should they, should, should the league attempt to reschedule the, Bills Bengals game, or should they simply do the seeding with those two teams having one less game than uh, than everybody else? What are your thoughts about that? I was talking to Joe Reinagle about this a couple hours ago. I, I think there's one option, and it doesn't mean the NFL is going to do it, but I think you bump everything up because the NFL this year, as in most years, they have that week off between the conference right. championships and the Super Bowl. Right. So why not let the Bills and the Bengals take center stage a week from this weekend all by themselves? They were talking about the mm -hmm. the big numbers for this broadcast. Mm -hmm. uh, let them play. The, this is the top of the AFC playoff bracket. It's not two teams mm -hmm. who are eliminated. Right. Uh, this might be easier. than This is a big deal. You can't hand Kansas City the top seed because of this. It's nobody's fault. So if you just delay the playoffs, let them mm -hmm. play the game, then you can do what the league did in 93 and in 90, 1990, I believe. There was no week off between the conference championships yeah. and the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think that's the I, only That option. does seem like the most. That seems like the most. Uh, the, the only other thing I can think of would be if, if, if the two teams involved uh, said we're willing to forego the game, uh, but that seems unlikely. And so in in the absence of that, yeah, what you're saying makes the most sense. And um, and, and probably someday the, at the rate we're going, that, that uh, off week will probably go away anyhow. It may, but you remember the playoff game last year between the Bills and the Chiefs, how crazy that mm -hmm. was? Mm -hmm. The Bills don't mm -hmm. want to go back to Arrowhead. And frankly, yep. they shouldn't have yep. to unless yep. they don't win enough games. That's my take. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, that's another important point, which is um, – for the Buffalo Bills, maybe more than most teams, a home game is a big factor. <laughs> you because would think. You're, you're playing in upstate western New York mm -hmm. uh, in January. 
Uh, just about anybody who's coming in there is at a disadvantage uh, to you because of that uh, because of that weather. Um, by the way, the only reason uh, Christian and I can even talk about this is uh, you can blame heterosexual men, according to Joy Behar on The View. Uh, they were talking about the DeMar Hamlin story and says that they, the, the ladies on The View have decided that we shouldn't have football. <laughs> that seems like a that seems like a very view reaction to this, right? That seems like if if you didn't know what they had said, if I said take a take a guess at their at their uh, hot take on Demar Hamlin, you probably would come up with something like this. Yeah, there doesn't need to be football. There shouldn't be any football. There only is football because of these damned heterosexual men. I mean, let's face it, heterosexual men. You're pretty much to blame for everything. You know, your finger, your your heterosexual fingerprints are on every problem we have, right? Name me an issue. Name me a crisis. There's a heterosexual man in the neighborhood, right? I mean, am I wrong? Okay. Can, we're everywhere. So they were saying um, kids shouldn't play football. In fact, Joy Behar says uh, a better alternative for young men would be tennis. And and when you look at guys that play football, it's pretty clear that if they if they weren't playing football, they would be playing tennis. I, I think that all the time. I look at these players and I think, you know, they really look like tennis players to me. I don't know how you feel about it. But um, all kidding aside, because these women are obviously insane, um, do you think that it honors DeMar Hamlin? Do you think it's um, respectful? of DeMar Hamlin to say that because of what happened to him, which we know does happen and is more common in sports like hockey and baseball, but, but does happen. Is the, is the proper response to that to say, well, when we shouldn't have that sport, because isn't that also a little bit like saying, Hey, DeMar Hamlin, this is kind of your fault. I mean, you shouldn't have been playing this game. When you think of it that way, it's outrageous. I mean, it's hard to be outraged at the view at this point. I mean, you know, my my outrage muscle is worn out on them. But it, it really is like victim blaming, you know. Oh, well, see what you've done? See what your your little game has done? And, of course, it's easy to take this position when you're an elitist New Yorker who probably doesn't know anyone, probably doesn't have a family member, probably doesn't have any actual real acquaintances who play football or enjoy football or are hardcore fans of football. You know, I could understand if we were making people play football, if it was like the old Roman Empire where they drafted people to fight the, you know, the lions or whatever, but this is this is what people choose to do. This is the aspiration of of young men all over this country. And I don't know DeMar Hamlin, and I can't say I know this, but I can well imagine that the reason DeMar Hamlin came out of his medically induced coma and asked who won the game is because DeMar Hamlin loves the game. I hope he makes a full recovery, and I don't know. None of us do. But DeMar Hamlin was doing what he loved to do. He was doing what he chose to do as a young black American. Joy Behar, sit down. Oh, they're already sitting down. Okay, Joy Behar, shut the front door. Because this is, 
football is not the problem. Now, we can have serious discussions, and we should, about things like the NFL and how it takes care of players with concussions, and uh, does the NFL have a a robust and um, well-thought-out approach to the concussion protocol? I don't think they do. We've seen examples of that this year with prominent players like Tua, but, but it happens every year to less prominent players. I think there are really good questions that former players are now asking about will the NFL make a long-term commitment to health care for, for players? Because if you do play this game at the professional level, the rest of your life will be about the injuries and the wear and tear on your body. That's, that's a given. Um, but, no, I, I don't go so far as to say we, don't, we, sh- we shouldn't have this sport and we should uh, punish young men because of what happened to DeMar Hamlin. That's a very twisted view. Tennis? Really? Tennis? <laughs> okay, Joy. 517-210-599-5555. What do you think? And vote in the JR poll, and we'll get another update on KTSA Time Saver Traffic. I wouldn't tell you that a Kinetico water softener is easy to own if I didn't have one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just tell you that. I wouldn't just say that off a piece of paper. I've had one forever. And it is not only easy to own, I I pretty much forget it's there. Which for a water softener is a good thing. You see, if you're having to constantly reprogram it, reset it, go out to the garage, move things, get at it, you know, get the roll the lawnmower out of the way, back the car up so you can get at that control panel. That's not how water softeners should work. But that's how a lot of them do. With a Connecticut quality water softener, there's no control panel, there's no computer, there's no timer, there's no resetting it or when the we have the, the time change twice a year. None of that. And you get softened water and all the benefits of it with a made-in-America water softener that is better built and better backed than anybody's. And you can try it for 90 days, no obligation, when you call 210-656-PURE. 210-656-7873 for Connecticut. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. 522 on KTSA, Jack Riccardi, late afternoon show. The uh, the weekend is upon us tomorrow. We'll kick it off with the dish in our 6 o'clock hour. We'll talk restaurants. And I want to just point this out to you so that you'll know what's going on. Tomorrow, we will have best of hours in the 4 and 5 o'clock hours, but we will be live with the dish in the 6 o'clock hour. So you will hear best of at 4 and best of at 5, but I'm coming in. I'll be in. I'll be on. We'll be live for the dish at 6, and we'll talk restaurants to kick off the weekend. Uh, 210-599-5555, the ladies of The View have uh, found a way to make nonsense out of the DeMar Hamlin story. Their take is, well, this means we don't need football. We shouldn't have football, which I think is incredibly insulting. I mean, I'm watching people in the sports media world preface every remark and every observation with the most important thing is this young man and his recovery and we're praying for him and we've talked this week about the unity and power of prayer across the land how sick do you have to be to to say well this this young man is fighting for his life he should not have been playing that's that is some olympic level sickness right there in in my opinion
But tell me what you think. Ray is on 550 and 107.1 KTSA. Ray, good afternoon. Happy New Year. Hey, good afternoon. Happy New Year, Jack. Um, well, first of all, I, I want to I, I say that I am one of those heterosexual males who, you know, who causes all the grief in, in the world. I, yeah. and I, proudly, yeah. I proudly own yeah. up to that. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm putting you on the list, Ray. So, th- thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, it reminds me of it reminds me of when when my when my son um, was playing was playing um, not midget midget football, um, but he was about oh my goodness about eight or nine or something like that, and one of his teammates leveled him. I mean, picked him up off and just flattened him. This was their first practice, one of their first or second practices. Neither one of them. You know, did they just did what the coach said do? My wife was out there, and the blood drained from her face. I think she was gonna go out there and and choke the little guy who hit my son, but my son jumped up, looked over at the sidelines. She was good to go. She didn't try to say, "Okay, hey, you, all of y'all go home. Um, nobody play football ever again." So. I think, like you said, I don't think these people have somebody who, you know, aren't football fans or players or anything like that, that they can say something stupid as that. Um, so, so no, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a view watcher anyway. So. Yeah, I, 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 I have, I find them, I find them irresistible not to watch, but I can't help but. <laughs> I can't. It's like a guilty pleasure, Ray. I know I shouldn't, but I can't help but bring up some of the insanity that the because because a lot of people watch that that show, and so you may not be watching it. I may not be watching it, but that's that's seeping into a lot of brains. Yeah, I you know sometimes when I when I hear or see the headlines of stuff that that they've said, yeah, it's almost hard I'm to believe. Like, I am. Yeah. I'm just so glad I, I, I don't watch it. <laughs> it is hard to believe. Well, depend on me. I'll keep you posted on what they're up to. You don't have to watch them. But thank you, Ray. Good to hear from you. Um, just, just, just The reason I brought up, I had somebody just email me and go, why did you mention that he was a black uh, player? I'll tell you why I did. Because DeMar Hamlin is not only uh, a safety for the Buffalo Bills and prior to that a standout at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, but he's an entrepreneur. He's a businessman. He started his own fashion line. Um, And he, he did that, he's explained in interviews, because when he was playing college ball, he got hurt, and it made him realize, I may not be doing this as a career. I need a backup plan. So he started a a fashion line, and the company's called Chasing Millions. One of the sweatshirts says, love me before they all do. And he also wanted to provide for his family. His father was in prison when he was a little boy. And one of the reasons he stayed at Pittsburgh, rather than go to Ohio State or Michigan or other big schools that were interested in him coming out of high school, he went to a a very... uh, well-known prep school in the in the uh, town in Pennsylvania where he grew up. One of the reasons he stayed local, I mean, Pitt's a good football program, but it's not 
football royalty like Ohio State. The reason he stayed is because he wanted to be around for his younger brother. So this is a, a young man who's made choices. He's empowered. He's living a life on his own terms. He's devoted himself to being good at his job, which is how he got on a uh, you know one of the best teams in the NFL. He's starting for the Buffalo Bills who were the preseason pick to win the whole thing and might still. To say, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't do that, is a typical white, liberal, elitist thing to say. That's why I brought up his race. You know, they're not the only ones that get to bring it up. I'm going to bring it up. It's very easy to say it when you're Joy Behar and you've made your bag and you've got it all and you're living large. And she doesn't need the view, right? But why would you say that he can't make this choice? Why, if his life matters, can he not make this choice? Or any young man like him or inspired by him? I, I do understand because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a parent. And I do understand, like Roy was talking about his, uh, Ray rather, was talking about his wife. And I, look, uh, I, I understand what it's what it is to be the parent of a child who's playing sports or even perhaps a child with a with a heart condition. But always your your first impulse or what you try to come back to, even in your fear and in your worry, what you always try to come back to is hey, they gotta live, right? And they gotta they gotta thrive and they gotta have choices. And we want our kids to have Every, I mean, we all want our kids to be able to choose anything. And this tragedy for DeMar Hamlin does not take that off the table. And we shouldn't be, especially right now, we shouldn't be calling for it to be taken off the table because that's really, by extension, saying he shouldn't have been out there. You know, we don't blame the crime victim. We don't say you shouldn't have been on that street. You shouldn't have been out after dark. You shouldn't have gone down that alley. But if you're going to say, see, this is why we shouldn't have football, then you're really blaming DeMar Hamlin for what happened to DeMar Hamlin, which is twisted. I mean, nobody came out and said that. Nobody has said that. You've never thought that. She thought it. Got to love it. Got the update on KTSA Time Saver Traffic. Azra Nomani, you've heard her on our show many times. You talk about lo- really devoted uh, parents. She is an incredible lady, lives in Virginia. Uh, her son attended a prestigious uh, science and tech STEM uh, high school. She became very involved in um, educational reform. And there was a story uh, that broke in the news um, last week about that school and about um, this whole participation trophy mentality that we now have in the schools and, 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 and all through our society. You know, this, this whole, we don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want to recognize excellence. We don't want to rank or, or recognize achievement. And if you have not heard this story, you may know what I'm talking about already. If you've not heard this story, it is wild. She's going to join us to talk about it. 
right after we get KTSA Time Saver Traffic on 550 and 107.1 KTSA. We're having nice balmy weather. We're not needing the heat. We're not needing the AC. But when that time comes, and it will, because our coldest weather for the winter is usually still ahead of us at this at this point, quarter moon plumbing, heating, and air conditioning is there for you. And I've I've found this to be true. As their customer, they really are a 24-7 company. I mean, you can paint that on the side of any truck or van, but if it's a one-man operation, 24-7 is a little hard to pull off, right? If it's just a few people, if it's just a few trucks, that can be hard to do. But when you're a quarter moon customer, when they're your heating company and your plumbing company, you know you can get somebody nights, weekends, holidays. And I know I can because I have. 210 651 210-651-5899 or And you can find them on Facebook at Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heating, and AC. License numbers M13229, TACLA, 0007-4345E. I gotta ask where you have been hiding. All right, 538 on KTSA. AccuWeather says uh, mostly clear skies tonight, 44 up to 73, partly cloudy tomorrow. It's 73 now. We had quite a temperature change from this morning. I got up this morning, it was like 40 or something, right? And then we're 73 now at San Antonio's Severe Weather Station, 550 and 1071 KTSA. So this is an amazing story. Thomas Jefferson High School uh, in uh, Fairfax County, Virginia, is routinely ranked the number one best public school in America. Uh, it is one of those STEM schools, so like a, I guess you would call it a magnet school. And there is incredible competition to get in. There is incredible, uh, an incredible workload to stay in. And there is incredible prestige attached to being a graduate of this high school. In fact, a very good friend of mine who's a doctor in Houston went to this school and went on to, uh, when he went to college or went, went to apply to colleges, um, really had his pick of some of the best and most prestigious colleges in the country. And so it, it's the kind of education, wh- whether, you're, whether your kid goes to a school like this or not, it's the kind of education we all value for children. It turns out, and we learned this last week, that for years, the school, and I mean specifically the principal and the district, have not been telling students who qualify as National Merit Scholars. And being a National Merit Scholar is not just a certificate, it's not just a piece of paper. Um, It is also uh, something that bolsters your application for college and for scholarships. So it's something that the student earns. Most schools not only are eager to tell the student he or she got it, but they usually put out press releases. They want the local TV station to, to cover it or do a story, or they want to run it in the paper. So this school did the total opposite of that. They didn't tell anybody. They didn't even tell the students who got the, the, the award. They told them at the last possible minute when they had to give them the certificate, but that was past the deadline 
That was like, you know, in early December or something. So it was past the deadline for being able to include it in their college packets. Why did they do that? They did it because the school works with an outside company, an equity contractor, that helps consult on equity outcomes for schools. Now, do you know what that means? That's a fancy way of saying we don't hurt anybody's feelings. The equity label is, you know, for example, why schools don't have honor rolls or don't have a valedictorian or don't have uh, class rank. Now, maybe those things are not important to you, and, and it's fine if they're not. But some students work very, very hard to achieve the highest possible rank, the highest possible um, honors. For for boys and girls who become valedictorians, that's a really big thing. Whose right is it to say that should not matter? And when we as parents try... And we can't all have honor students, but when we try to encourage our kids to work their hardest, do their best, burn the midnight oil, how does it feel? How do you feel to know that people in academia are actually, they're, they're sabotaging you and your kid? And they're doing it, they claim, for equity. And it doesn't escape the notice of, well, the parent who first noticed this is an Arab-American woman. She's the one that went public with this and rang the alarm. Her name is Shana Yashar, and she's an attorney, and uh, her son is a student at Thomas Jefferson. And it doesn't escape the notice of people like Shana and, and Azra Nomani, who we've had on the show many times, that many of these students are Asian-American, Arab-American. They um, are disproportionately represented in a lot of uh, these schools in terms of the AB Honor Roll or the National Merit Society. By the way, this is also the National Honor Society. That's, this is also, if you remember, the, the ongoing litigation about universities disfavoring Asian applicants. This is that, that equity thinking is the same thinking. Well, we can't have 60, 70% of the incoming class be Asian Americans, even though that's how the testing, uh, you know, turned out. We, we, we can't have that. It's not, it's not fair. But can you imagine your kid achieves an honor that, boy, if you knew about it, you'd call your family, you'd tell your friends, you'd be busting your buttons, you'd be so proud. And it's not just a pride thing, as I mentioned, it also... It can it can seriously set you up for some financial aid, some scholar you know competitive scholarships, not not financial aid in the in the formulaic sense, but but uh, merit based scholarships of which there are many. And the school's not telling you. It would be one thing if they wouldn't announce it publicly. I mean, I would still be against that. I would still think that was pretty twisted. But to keep it from the students that earned it and their families, to just lie. And it took a couple of years for people to figure out, wait a minute, why aren't we getting this? How would you feel about that? 210-599-5555.
again, even if you don't have a kid at a STEM school or a magnet school, to me, this is like you're stealing from these people. If you take something I earned or my kid earned and you just take it and you make some political decision to take it, to me, that's like stealing it. It is stealing it. 210-599-5555. Let me bring into the conversation now, as I mentioned, Azra Nomani, who's uh, also one of those Thomas Jefferson parents. Azra, it's so great to have you back with us. Um, I just sort of told the story um, oh, thank you. of uh, of Shauna and her son and uh, the, the revelation, uh, the pattern or the revelation of, of what they've been doing and withholding these notifications and why they did it. And, and, and I guess you and I have talked about this kind of thing many times before, but this seems like maybe the most egregious specific example yet. Oh, yeah. This is just so outrageous. I think it struck a nerve because it impacts everyone. You know, when kids get awards, we don't know what political party their parents are. We don't know what religion they are. We don't know anything except their performance. And in this case, what they did is they just went after all the kids, all the kids at the school who happened to get this award. And it could be anyone's kid. You know, it could be your kid who won a coloring contest. It could be your kid who um, wins the science, the science fair. And, and that, this, this is why, like, when I wrote my first piece, uh, I called it a war on merit, but I ended by saying it's a war on kids because it really is. And it's theft because you, you earned this. It is Th- This, this yeah. notification, this honor belongs to that student. It isn't for anyone else to take. Yeah, and I love this because Shauna, being a lawyer, she educated me to this idea too. That I don't. I, I guess you might have read the rest of the story too. I don't know if you told the listeners, but in the course of my reporting and trying to track down what happened in Shauna's family's case for her son, I talked to the National Merit Scholarship Corporation and just was like curious, like, oh, my son did pretty well two years ago when he was graduating. It was the class of 2021. I said, did, did he did he perhaps get the um, award? And sure enough, I learned just I just learned two years Mm-mm. later that my Mm-mm. son had gotten the National Merit Commendation Award. So that robbed him and my family from our wallet of financial aid. Mm-hmm. scholarship opportunities, mm-hmm. p- possible entrance to college, right? Um, and and I'm, I'm, it, the impact is being felt. I just got an email from the bursar's office at, from his college. Tuition's going to be due soon. Every college-age kid's parent knows this now. Like, we got to start writing the checks. And um, this is really stealing from these kids' future. I, and so it was Shauna who really educated me, too, to the fact that I still don't have my son's certificate. There are other parents who don't have their kids' certificate. And with them being minor kids, that property is property that's been stolen from us, too, as adults, because that's our family property. There's a quote from an assistant superintendent in the Fairfax uh, County Times story where he says, it was a mistake, to be honest. But we know it wasn't. We know that it was an equity-based policy. Yeah. Yeah, he told this to me. It was Fabio Zuluaga, and 
you know, tried, he tried to connect with me. He's an immigrant from uh, South America. I'm an immigrant from India. So many of our families, most of them are immigrant families. And what does that mean? Like, why does that matter? Because so much in this equity debate they, and anti-racism debate, they talk about how it is that we have to recognize white privilege, right? And the fact that people of color don't always have uh, bank accounts or property or legacy in this country. Well, that's most of our immigrant families from TJ. And in this calculation, this is the sickness of this ideology. You know, not only is it so depraved that it turns on, you know, those that they consider, quote, privileged, but it turns on those that otherwise would normally check the box yeah. of their, you know, oppression matrix, except in this case, everything gets whitewashed for our Asian families mm-hmm. because our kid happens to be at the school. You know, so so now we're white adjacent and we too get denied the, quote, privileges of being the oppressed class. Well, none of us want that, right? We don't want this hierarchy of human value. We want an, a real sincere equality among people. And we want kids who do well to be recognized. Yeah, that's not too much. To, that's, that's the bare minimum. Yes, um, I'm out. I'm I'm out of I'm out of time, but I just got to ask one quick question: Are, are these people still employed? Can you believe this? They are so smug in their jobs right now. Those are the reports that I'm getting from inside the school. They so no no one has lost their job for doing this yeah. and offering this lame excuse uh, that it was a mistake. No. no. But so as far know, as we know, this is still the, this is still the policy. Well. They, you know, claim that they're correcting it, but of course we know that there has been no consequence for these individuals. And so why would anybody be afraid to continue this policy? Because there's no negative consequence. Yeah, so thank you so much for sharing this with your, um, you know, listeners, because if it's happening here, it's happening everywhere. It's happening everywhere. Yeah, this this is a trailblazer of a county. And everybody watch out, check and see what's going on to your valedictorians and your honor society kids, you know, and see if if they are too being muted in order to help the other kids not feel so bad. Because ultimately, what is it? We want to just get every kid that spark, right? We want every kid to feel the spark. Yeah. Osra Namani, we'll we'll definitely keep in touch, but thank you you so much. Thanks for coming on, and Happy New Year to you. 5.51 on KTSA. Jack Riccardi, late afternoon show. We're going to get this quick look here at KTSA Time Saver Traffic. Do you ever have dreams when you sleep at night? You wake up and you've had a funny dream or a weird dream or a scary dream? I had a dream last night that I had traded in my car for a yellow van. I don't know where that came from. I I was just, when I woke up, I was just relieved I didn't have a yellow van in the driveway. But anyhow, to me, the Harry and Meghan thing is like a dream we can't wake up from. I, I keep hoping I'm going to wake up and these two will, will have never happened or will have gone away or whatever. I thought they wanted privacy. I thought the whole point of this was they wanted to be left alone. Will you just leave us alone? That's what they said uh, to Oprah and, and and everywhere they go, we just want privacy. And 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 yet, they have shows and books. And he's written a book. Harry's written a book called Spare. 
And apparently, according to one news story I was reading, he tells how he lost his virginity. And that when he was a young man, an older woman who liked horses. (laughs) You probably want me to stop, right? Don't you have to get to the news, Jack? An older woman who liked horses took him out into a grassy field behind a pub and took him for a ride. I thought there would be a little more security around the British royal family than that, but okay, whatever. I don't even know if I believe any of this. Who wants to know it? Who? When did we... Did we ask this question? Did we need to know this? And, and, and you know, um, I saw where a couple of months ago the actress Elizabeth Hurley came out and denied that she took his virginity. And it says a lot about the fall of the royal family when people are denying being involved with them, because it used to be the other way around. But anyway, it's the answer to a question none of us were asking. Here comes the news on KTSA. I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News. Right now, time for more of the Jack McCarty Show. It's uh, really great news to hear that DeMar Hamlin is showing improvement. Yep. I didn't think we would hear that this quickly. Um, I didn't know what to expect, but um, and, and obviously he's not out of the woods, but um, what they're calling remarkable improvements. I, I love the story of him writing the note about who won the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just, yeah. that's, that's, God bless him. That's what um, you want to hear. So the, the, the Bills are hosting New England um, this weekend. It appears they will play that game. A lot of people are asking, should they should should the league attempt to reschedule the Bills Bengals game or should they simply do the seeding with those two teams having one less game than uh, than everybody else what are your thoughts about that I was talking to Joe Reinagel about this a couple hours ago I, I think there's one option and it doesn't mean the NFL is going to do it but I think you bump everything up because the NFL this year, as in most years, they have that week off between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. So why not let the Bills and the Bengals take center stage a week from this weekend all by themselves? They were talking about Mm -hmm. the the big numbers for this broadcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let them play. This is the top of the AFC playoff bracket. It's not two teams Mm -hmm. who are eliminated. Right. Uh, this might be easier than this is a big deal. You can't hand Kansas City the top seed because of this. It's nobody's fault. So if you just delay the playoffs, let them mm-hmm. play the game, then you can do what the league did in 93 and in 90, 1990, I believe. There was no week off between the conference championships yeah. and the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think that's the only I, that option. does seem like the most that seems like the most uh, the, the only other thing I could think of would be if 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 the two teams involved uh said we're willing to forego the game uh but that seems unlikely and, and so in in the absence of that yeah what you're saying makes the most sense and um and and probably someday the, at the rate we're going that that uh, off week will probably go away anyhow it may, but you remember the playoff game last year between the Bills and the Chiefs, how crazy that mm-hmm. was? Mm-hmm. 
the Bills don't mm-hmm. want to go back to Arrowhead. And frankly, yep. they shouldn't have yep. to unless yep. they don't win enough games. That's my take. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's another important point, which is um, for the Buffalo Bills, maybe more than most teams, a home game is a big factor. <laughs> you would think. Because you're, you're playing in upstate western New York mm-hmm. uh, in January. Uh, just about anybody who's coming in there is at a disadvantage uh, to you because of that uh, because of that weather. Um, by the way, the only reason uh, Christian and I can even talk about this is uh, you can blame heterosexual men, according to Joy Behar on The View. Uh, they were talking about the DeMar Hamlin story and says that they, the, the ladies on The View have decided that we shouldn't have football. <laughs> that, seems like a, that seems like a very View reaction to this, right? That seems like... If if you didn't know what they had said, if I said take a take a guess at their at their uh, hot take on Demar Hamlin, you probably would come up with something like this. Yeah, there doesn't need to be football. There shouldn't be any football. There only is football because of these damned heterosexual men. I mean, let's face it, heterosexual men, you're pretty much to blame for everything. You know, your finger your your heterosexual fingerprints are on every problem we have, right? Name me an issue. Name me a crisis. There's a heterosexual man in the neighborhood, right? I mean, am I wrong? Okay. We're everywhere. So they were saying um, kids shouldn't play football. In fact, Joy Behar says uh, a better alternative for young men would be tennis. And, and when you look at guys that play football, it's pretty clear that if they, if they weren't playing football, they would be playing tennis. I, I think that all the time. I look at these players and I think, you know, they really look like tennis players to me. I don't know how you feel about it. But um, all kidding aside, because these women are obviously insane, um, do you think that it honors DeMar Hamlin? Do you think it's um, respectful? of DeMar Hamlin to say that because of what happened to him, which we know does happen and is more common in sports like hockey and baseball, but, but does happen. Is the, is the proper response to that to say, well, when we shouldn't have that sport, because isn't that also a little bit like saying, Hey, DeMar Hamlin, this is kind of your fault. I mean, you shouldn't have been playing this game. When you think of it that way, it's outrageous. I mean, it's hard to be outraged at the view at this point. I mean, you know, my my outrage muscle is worn out on them. But it, it really is like victim blaming, you know. Oh, well, see what you've done? See what your your little game has done? And, of course, it's easy to take this position when you're an elitist New Yorker who probably doesn't know anyone, probably doesn't have a family member, probably doesn't have any actual real acquaintances who play football or enjoy football or are hardcore fans of football. You know, I could understand if we were making people play football, if it was like the old Roman Empire where they drafted people to fight the, you know, the lions or whatever, but this is this is what people choose to do. This is the aspiration of of young men all over this country. And I don't know DeMar Hamlin, and I can't say I know this, but I can well imagine that the reason DeMar Hamlin came out of his medically induced coma and asked who won the game is because DeMar Hamlin loves the game. 
I hope he makes a full recovery, and I don't know. None of us do. But DeMar Hamlin was doing what he loved to do. He was doing what he chose to do as a young black American. Joy Behar, sit down. Oh, they're already sitting down. Okay, Joy Behar, shut the front door. Because this is, football is not the problem. Now, we can have serious discussions, and we should, about things like the NFL and how it takes care of players with concussions, and uh, does the NFL have a a robust and um, well-thought-out approach to the concussion protocol? I don't think they do. We've seen examples of that this year with prominent players like Tua, but, but it happens every year to less prominent players. I think there are really good questions that former players are now asking about will the NFL make a long-term commitment to health care for, for players? Because if you do play this game at the professional level, the rest of your life will be about the injuries and the wear and tear on your body. That's, that's a given. Um, but, no, I, I don't go so far as to say we, don't, we, sh- we shouldn't have this sport and we should uh, punish young men because of what happened to DeMar Hamlin. That's a very twisted view. Tennis? Really? Tennis? <laughs> okay, Joy. 517-210-599-5555. What do you think? And vote in the JR poll, and we'll get another update on KTSA Time Saver Traffic. I wouldn't tell you that a Kinetico water softener is easy to own if I didn't have one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just tell you that. I wouldn't just say that off a piece of paper. I've had one forever. And it is not only easy to own, I I pretty much forget it's there. Which for a water softener is a good thing. You see, if you're having to constantly reprogram it, reset it, go out to the garage, move things, get at it, you know, get the roll the lawnmower out of the way, back the car up so you can get at that control panel. That's not how water softeners should work. But that's how a lot of them do. With a Connecticut quality water softener, there's no control panel, there's no computer, there's no timer, there's no resetting it or when the We have the the time change twice a year. None of that. And you get softened water and all the benefits of it with a made-in-America water softener that is better built and better backed than anybody's. And you can try it for 90 days, no obligation, when you call 210-656-PURE. 210-656-7873 for Connecticut. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. 522 on KTSA, Jack Riccardi, late afternoon show. The uh, the weekend is upon us tomorrow. We'll kick it off with the dish in our 6 o'clock hour. We'll talk restaurants. And I want to just point this out to you so that you'll know what's going on. Tomorrow, we will have best of hours in the 4 and 5 o'clock hours, but we will be live with the dish in the 6 o'clock hours. So you will hear best of at 4 and best of at 5, but I'm coming in. I'll be in. I'll be on. We'll be live for the dish at 6, and we'll talk restaurants to kick off the weekend. Uh, 210-599-5555, the ladies of The View have uh, found a way to make nonsense out of the DeMar Hamlin story. Their take is, well, this means we don't need football. We shouldn't have football, which I think is in- incredibly insulting. I mean, I, I'm watching people in the sports media world 
preface every remark and every observation with the most important thing is this young man and his recovery, and we're praying for him, and we've talked this week about the unity and power of prayer across the land. How sick do you have to be to, to say, well, this, this young man is fighting for his life. He should not have been playing. That's, that is some Olympic-level sickness right there, in, in my opinion. But tell me what you think. Ray is on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Ray, good afternoon. Happy New Year. Hey, good afternoon. Happy New Year, Jet. Um, well, first of all, I, I want to I, I say that I am one of those heterosexual males who, you know, who causes all the grief in, in the world. I, yeah. and I, proudly, yeah. I proudly own yeah. up to that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm putting you on the list, Ray. So, th- thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, it reminds me of it reminds me of when when my when my son um, was playing was playing um, not midget midget football, um, but he was about oh my goodness about eight or nine or something like that, and one of his teammates leveled him. I mean, picked him up off and just flattened him. This was their first practice, one of their first or second practices. Neither one of them, you know, did, they just did what the coach said do. My wife was out there and the blood drained from her face. I think she was going to go out there and, and choke the little guy who hit my son. But my son jumped up, looked over at the sidelines. She was good to go. She didn't try to say, okay, hey, you, all of y'all go home. Um, nobody play football ever again. So I think, like you said, I don't think these people have somebody who, you know, aren't football fans or players or anything like that, that they can say something stupid as that. Um, so, so no, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a view watcher anyway. So I, yeah, I, 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 I have I find them I find them irresistible not to watch, but I can't help but I can't it's like a guilty pleasure, Ray. I know I shouldn't, but I can't help but bring up some of the insanity that the because because a lot of people watch that, that show. And so you may not be watching it, I may not be watching it, but that's that's seeping into a lot of brains. Yeah. I you know, sometimes when I when I hear or see the headlines of stuff that that they've said. Yeah, it's almost hard I'm to believe. Like, I am. Yeah. I'm just so glad I, <laughs> I I don't watch it. <laughs> it is hard to believe. Well, depend on me. I'll keep you posted on what they're up to. You don't have to watch them. But thank you, Ray. Good to hear from you. Um, just 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 the reason I brought up, I had somebody just email me and go, "Why did you mention that he was a black uh, player?" I'll tell you why I did. Because Demar Hamlin is not only uh, a safety for the Buffalo Bills and prior to that a standout at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, but he's an entrepreneur. He's a businessman. He started his own fashion line. Um, And he he did that, he's explained in interviews, because when he was playing college ball, he got hurt, and it made him realize, I may not be doing this as a career. I need a backup plan. So he started a, a fashion line, and the company's called Chasing Millions. One of the sweatshirts says, love me before they all do. 
And he also wanted to provide for his family. His father was in prison when he was a little boy. And one of the reasons he stayed at Pittsburgh, rather than go to Ohio State or Michigan or other big schools that were interested in him coming out of high school, he went to a a, a very uh, well-known prep school in the in the uh, town in Pennsylvania where he grew up. One of the reasons he stayed local, I mean, Pitt's a good football program, but it's not football royalty like Ohio State. The reason he stayed is because he wanted to be around for his younger brother. So this is a, a young man who's made choices. He's empowered. He's living a life on his own terms. He's devoted himself to being good at his job, which is how he got on a uh, you know, one of the best teams in the NFL. He's starting for the Buffalo Bills, who were the preseason pick to win the whole thing, and might still. To say, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't do that, is a typical white, liberal, elitist thing to say. That's why I brought up his race. You know, they're not the only ones that get to bring it up. I'm going to bring it up. It's very easy to say it when you're Joy Behar and you've made your bag and you've got it all and you're living large and she doesn't need the view, right? But why would you say that he can't make this choice? Why, if his life matters, can he not make this choice or any young man like him or inspired by him? I, I do understand because I'm a I'm a I'm a parent, and I do understand. Like Roy was talking about his uh, Ray, rather was talking about his wife, and I look. I I understand what it's what it is to be the parent of a child who's playing sports, or even perhaps a child with a with a heart condition. But always your your first impulse, or what you try to come back to, even in your fear and in your worry, what you always try to come back to is, hey, they got to live. Right, and they gotta, they gotta thrive, and they gotta have choices. And we want our kids to have every. I mean, we all want our kids to be able to choose anything. And this tragedy for Demar Hamlin does not take that off the table. And we shouldn't be, especially right now. We shouldn't be calling for it to be taken off the table because that's really, by extension, saying he shouldn't have been out there. You know, we don't blame the crime victim. We don't say you shouldn't have been on that street. You shouldn't have been out after dark. You shouldn't have gone down that alley. But if you're going to say, see, this is why we shouldn't have football, then you're really blaming DeMar Hamlin for what happened to DeMar Hamlin, which is twisted. I mean, nobody came out and said that. Nobody has said that. You've never thought that. She thought it. Got to love it. Got the update on KTSA Time Saver Traffic. Azra Nomani, you've heard her on our show many times. You talk about really devoted uh, parents. She is an incredible lady, lives in Virginia. Uh, Her son attended a prestigious uh, science and tech STEM uh, high school. She became very involved in um, educational reform. And there was a story uh, that broke in the news um, last week about that school and about um, 
this whole participation trophy mentality that we now have in the schools and, 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 and all through our society. You know, this, this whole, we don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want to recognize excellence. We don't want to rank or, or recognize achievement. And if you have not heard this story, you may know what I'm talking about already. If you've not heard this story, it is wild. She's going to join us to talk about it right after we get KTSA Time Saver Traffic on 550 and 1071 KTSA. We're having nice balmy weather. We're not needing the heat. We're not needing the AC. But when that time comes, and it will, because our coldest weather for the winter is usually still ahead of us at this at this point, quarter moon plumbing, heating, and air conditioning is there for you. And I've I've found this to be true. As their customer, they really are a 24-7 company. I mean, you can paint that on the side of any truck or van, but if it's a one-man operation, 24-7 is a little hard to pull off, right? If it's just a few people, if it's just a few trucks, that can be hard to do. But when you're a quarter-moon customer, when they're your heating company and your plumbing company, you know you can get somebody nights, weekends, holidays. And I know I can because I have. 210 651 5899 or quartermoonplumbing.com. And you can find them on Facebook at Quartermoon Plumbing, Heating, and AC. License numbers M13229, TACLA, 0007-4345E. I gotta ask where you've been hiding. You're like a Twitty Carrot Diamond. All right, 538 on KTSA. AccuWeather says uh, mostly clear skies tonight, 44, up to 73, partly cloudy tomorrow. It's 73 now. We had quite a temperature change from this morning. I got up this morning, it was like 40 or something, right? Now we're 73 now at San Antonio's Severe Weather Station, 550 and 107.1 KTSA. So this is an amazing story. Thomas Jefferson High School uh, in uh, Fairfax County, Virginia, is routinely ranked the number one best public school in America. Uh, it is one of those STEM schools, so like a, I guess you would call it a magnet school. And there is incredible competition to get in. There is incredible, uh, an incredible workload to stay in. And there is incredible prestige attached to being a graduate of this high school. In fact, a very good friend of mine who's a doctor in Houston went to this school and went on to, uh, when he went to college or went, went to apply to colleges, um, really had his pick of some of the best and most prestigious colleges in the country. And so it, it's the kind of education, wh- whether, you're, whether your kid goes to a school like this or not, it's the kind of education we all value for children. It turns out, and we learned this last week, that for years... The school, and I mean specifically the principal and the district, have not been telling students who qualify as National Merit Scholars. And being a National Merit Scholar is not just a certificate, it's not just a piece of paper. Um, It is also... Uh, something that bolsters your application for college and for scholarships. So it's something that the student earns. Most schools not only are eager to tell 
the student, he or she got it, but they usually put out press releases. They want the local TV station to, to cover it or do a story, or they want to run it in the paper. So this school did the total opposite of that. They didn't tell anybody. They didn't even tell the students who got the, the, the award. They told them at the last possible minute when they had to give them the certificate, but that was past the deadline. That was like, you know, in early December or something. So it was past the deadline for being able to include it in their college packets. Why did they do that? They did it because the school works with an outside company, an equity contractor, that helps consult on equity outcomes for schools. Now, do you know what that means? That's a fancy way of saying we don't hurt anybody's feelings. The equity label is, you know, for example, why schools don't have honor rolls or don't have a valedictorian or don't have uh, class rank. Now, maybe those things are not important to you, and, and it's fine if they're not. But some students work very, very hard to achieve the highest possible rank, the highest possible um, honors. For for boys and girls who become valedictorians, that's a really big thing. Whose right is it to say that should not matter? And when we as parents try... And we can't all have honor students, but when we try to encourage our kids to work their hardest, do their best, burn the midnight oil, how does it feel? How do you feel to know that people in academia are actually, they're they're sabotaging you and your kid? And they're doing it, they claim, for equity. And it doesn't escape the notice of, well, the parent who first noticed this is an Arab-American woman. She's the one that went public with this and rang the alarm. Her name is Shana Yashar, and she's an attorney, and uh, her son is a student at Thomas Jefferson. And it doesn't escape the notice of people like Shana and, and Azra Nomani, who we've had on the show many times, that many of these students are Asian-American, Arab-American. They um, are disproportionately represented in a lot of uh, these schools in terms of the AB Honor Roll or the National Merit Society. By the way, this is also the National Honor Society. That's, this is also, if you remember, the, the ongoing litigation about universities disfavoring Asian applicants. This is that, that equity thinking is the same thinking. Well, we can't have 60, 70% of the incoming class be Asian Americans, even though that's how the testing, uh, you know, turned out. We, we, we can't have that. It's not, it's not fair. But can you imagine your kid achieves an honor that, boy, if you knew about it, you'd call your family, you'd tell your friends, you'd be busting your buttons, you'd be so proud. And it's not just a pride thing, as I mentioned, it also... It can it can seriously set you up for some financial aid, some scholar you know competitive scholarships, not not financial aid in the in the formulaic sense, but but uh, merit based scholarships of which there are many. And the school's not telling you. 
It would be one thing if they wouldn't announce it publicly. I mean, I would still be against that. I would still think that was pretty twisted. But to keep it from the students that earned it and their families, to just lie. And it took a couple of years for people to figure out, wait a minute, why aren't we getting this? How would you feel about that? 210-599-5555. Again, even if you don't have a kid at a STEM school or a magnet school, to me, this is like you're stealing from these people. If you take something I earned or my kid earned and you just take it and you make some political decision to take it, to me, that's like stealing it. It is stealing it. 210-599-5555. Let me bring into the conversation now, as I mentioned, Azra Nomani, who's uh, also one of those Thomas Jefferson parents. Azra, it's so great to have you back with us. Um, I just sort of told the story um, oh, thank you. of uh, of Shauna and her son and uh, the, the revelation, uh, the pattern or the revelation of, of what they've been doing and withholding these notifications and why they did it and 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 i guess you and i have talked about this kind of thing many times before but this seems like maybe the most egregious specific example yet oh yeah this is just so outrageous i think it struck a nerve because it impacts everyone you know when kids get awards we don't know what political party their parents are we don't know what religion they are We don't know anything except their performance. And in this case, what they did is they just went after all the kids, all the kids at the school who happened to get this award. And it could be anyone's kid. You know, it could be your kid who won a coloring contest. It could be your kid who um, wins the science science fair. And and this this is why, like, when I wrote my first piece, uh, I called it a war on merit, but I ended by saying it's a war on kids because it really is. And it's theft because you you earned this. It is Th- this this yeah. notification, this honor belongs to that student. It isn't for anyone else to take. Yeah, and I love this because Shauna, being a lawyer, she educated me to this idea too. That I don't. I, I guess you might have read the rest of the story too. I don't know if you told the listeners, but in the course of my reporting and trying to track down what happened in Shauna's family's case for her son, I talked to the National Merit. Scholarship Corporation and just was like curious, like, oh, my son did pretty well two years ago when he was graduating. It was the class of 2021. I said, did did he did he perhaps get the um, award? And sure enough, I learned just I just learned two years Mm-mm. later that my Mm-mm. son had gotten the National Merit Commendation Award. So that robbed him and my family from our wallet of financial aid, mm-hmm. scholarship opportunities, mm-hmm. p- possible entrance to college, right? Um, and and I'm, I'm, it, the impact is being felt. I just got an email from the bursar's office at, from his college. Tuition's gonna be due soon. Every college age kid's parent knows this now. Like we gotta start writing the checks. And um, this is really, stealing from these kids' future. And so it was Shauna who really educated me, too, to the fact that I still don't have my son's certificate. There are other parents who don't have their kids' certificate. 
And with them being minor kids, that property is property that's been stolen from us, too, as adults, because that's our family property. There, there's a quote from an assistant superintendent in the Fairfax uh, County Times story where he says, it was a mistake, to be honest. Yeah. But we yeah. know it wasn't. We know that it was an equity-based policy. Yeah. Yeah, he told this to me. It was Fabio Zumulaga, and, you know, he tried to connect with me. He's an immigrant from South America. I'm an immigrant from India. So many of our families, most of them are immigrant families. And what does that mean? Like, why does that matter? Because so much in this equity debate and anti-racism debate, they talk about how it is that we have to recognize white privilege, right? And the fact that people of color don't always have uh, bank accounts or property or legacy in this country. Well, that's most of our immigrant families from TJ. And in this calculation, this is the sickness of this ideology. You know, not only is it so depraved that it turns on, you know, those that they consider, quote, privileged, but it turns on those that otherwise would normally check the box of their, you know, oppression matrix, except in this case, everything gets whitewashed for our Asian families Mm -hmm. because our kid happens to be at the school, you know? So, so now we're white adjacent and we too get denied the quote privileges of being the oppressed class. Well, none of us want that, right? We don't want this hierarchy of human value. We want a real sincere equality among people and we want kids who do well to be recognized. Yeah, that's not too much to add. That's that's the bare minimum. Yes, um, I'm I'm exactly. I'm I'm out of I'm out of time, but I just got to ask one quick question: Are, are these yes. people still employed? Can you believe this? They are so smug in their jobs right now. Those are the reports that I'm getting from inside the school. They so no are- no one has lost their job for doing this yeah. and offering this lame excuse uh, that it was a mistake. No. no. But so as far as we know, this is still the, this is still the policy. Well, they you know claim that they're correcting it, but of course we know that there has been no consequence for these individuals, and so why would anybody be afraid to continue this policy? Yeah. Because there's no negative yeah. consequence. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing this with your um, you know listeners, because if it's happening here. It's happening everywhere. Like it's this happening is a, everywhere. This is a, is. Yeah, this is this is a trailblazer of a county, and everybody, watch out. Check and see what's going on. Your valedictorians and your honor society kids, you know, and see if if they are too being muted in order to help the other kids not feel so bad. Because well, ultimately, what is it? We want to just get every kid that spark, right? We want right, every kid to feel right. the spark. Yeah. Osra Namani, we'll, so we'll definitely keep in touch, thank but thank you. you so much. Thanks for coming on, right. and Happy New Year to you. Bye-bye. 551 on KTSA. Jack Riccardi, late afternoon show. we got to get this quick look here at KTSA Time Saver Traffic. Do you ever have dreams when you sleep at night? You wake up and you've had a funny dream or a weird dream or a scary dream? I, I had a dream last night that I had traded in my car for a yellow van. I don't know where that came from. I I was just, when I woke up, I was just relieved I didn't have a yellow van in the driveway. But anyhow, to me, the Harry and Megan thing is like a dream we can't wake up from. I, I keep hoping I'm going to wake up and these two will 
will have never happened or will have gone away or whatever. I thought they wanted privacy. I thought the whole point of this was they wanted to be left alone. Will you just leave us alone? That's what they said uh, to Oprah and, and, and everywhere they go. We just want privacy. And, and, and yet they have shows and books, and he's written a book. Harry's written a book called Spare. And apparently, according to one news story I was reading, he tells how he lost his virginity and that when he was a young man, an older woman who liked horses. <laughs> you probably want me to stop, right? Don't you have to get to the news, Jack? An older woman who liked horses took him out into a grassy field behind a pub and took him for a ride. I thought there would be a little more security around the British royal family than that, but okay, whatever. I don't even know if I believe any of this. Who wants to know it? Who? When did we... Did we ask this question? Did we need to know this? And, and, and you know... Um, I saw where a couple of months ago the actress Elizabeth Hurley came out and denied that she took his virginity. And it says a lot about the fall of the royal family when people are denying being involved with them, because it used to be the other way around. But anyway, it's the answer to a question none of us were asking. Here comes the news on KTSA. I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News, sending you back for more of the Jack Riccardi Show. You know, Christian, there's probably a parliamentary reason for this, but instead of having these votes over and over again, couldn't they just check with the 20? And if they're still of the same mind, then don't have the vote. Weren't we talking about doing the same thing over and over yeah, is I mean, insanity? You know, yeah. You don't need to you don't need to ask four hundred and thirty seven of them. You just need to ask the twenty. It if is, the twenty are still the twenty, Jack, then there's no point. But Jack, that's too simple. I guess so. I'm always looking to, you know, I'm, I'm looking to make it simple, make it easy. That's that's what I'm all about. How you know? dare you? <laughs> I know. Who do I think I am? That's why I'm not in Congress. <laughs> right. All right. 210-599-5555. Well, um, there's been so much going on today, it's hard to keep it all in front of us. But um, the president came out today and talked about, he is going to the border. We We told you yesterday they were planning it or intending it or, or, or thinking about it. He is going to go to the border as part of the, the North American summit uh, with uh, the Premier of Canada and the President of Mexico. So in a few days when he's in Mexico City, they're going to bring him over to the southern border and go, here it is. He's never been there. He drove by it once when he was a senator. Never been there. But he talked today about the border you had Kamala Harris standing behind him, making that face she makes when she's trying to hold it together. And it was a hot mess. I, I, I wouldn't even know what to... I could play you clips, but I wouldn't even know what to play. It was, it was just an absolute mess. I'll give you a couple of the high points. Um, he seems to now acknowledge that it's a problem. But he has no idea what the problem is. He announced a new government cell phone app called CBP-1 so that people that want to apply for asylum 
can do so on this new government app or website. They can stay in their own country and use the app. I hope the app works better than the college loan forgiveness website, which crashed repeatedly over the summer. I hope it works better than the Obamacare website. Need we remember that? Something tells me this won't be any more robust than those were. But it also doesn't even sound like the answer to the question because, um, A, we've got teeming numbers of asylum seekers already at the border. Right? And if this is the policy, well, they've already left their country. And if you're telling them now to apply for this parole program, and I'll tell you more about it in a second, but they're already at the border, it seems to me that gives them greater incentive to try to get across or a coyote or what have you, not less incentive. And then if they're still in Nicaragua or wherever it is they're trying to get out of, and this app doesn't work, well, then they're, they're going to do what, what people have been doing for years, and, and who could blame them? He also announced that they're going to allow 30000 a month from four countries each, 30000 a month each, from Venezuela, Cuba, Haiti. I think the fourth one was Nicaragua, but I could be wrong about that. 30000 each. Those people on the list will come. They'll be here legally, working here for two years. They'll have to be background checked. And then um, and then what? Well, will they really be background checked? I mean, the 30,000 will be hit in no time. Will we really hold them to the two-year thing? Can you imagine this president two years from now saying, you got to go, you got to leave? I mean, it was a hot mess. At one point in the news conference, he referenced, he was he was talking about how coming to this country is a human right, which is an interesting construct. I mean, if it is a human right, then we shouldn't ever deny anyone the chance to come here. There shouldn't be anything that could interfere with or exclude you coming here, right? I mean, when, when, when politicians throw the word right around... I don't know if people realize that that's a very different thing than saying law, regulation. You know what I mean? Rights are from God. Rights are natural. Rights attach to you as a human being. They're not from government. That's why they're rights. They're not licenses or privileges. You don't pay a fee for them. You don't fill out forms for them. But then in, in describing it as a human right, he said, just like uh, we allowed the German Jews to flee Nazi Germany. Well, that was fleeing Nazi Germany. But in fact, it's a bad analogy because the United States and most other countries denied entry to the German Jews. Franklin Roosevelt, for all the many things he's lionized for, and rightly so, one of our great presidents, but Franklin Roosevelt turned him away, said no. He and many Allied leaders sent German Jews back to a likely death. It's not a good example, Mr. President. It doesn't even, it doesn't even make sense. I mean, 
No, no, none of these, none of these uh, illegal immigrants are fleeing the Holocaust. So I, I'm fine with people applying for asylum, but the problem we have right now is that people aren't. And many of them wouldn't qualify for asylum under any understanding of that word. These are economic immigrants. They are coming here either to work or to get on the dole. Their case for coming here is not what's happening back home. Their case for coming here is what's happening here. So I don't put a lot of hope in his going to the border. I don't think he understands anything about it. And I don't think he will understand any more about it if he goes to the border. And you damn well know he's not going to have any encounters like Mayorkas had where the, the CBP guys were yelling at him and we had the recordings of meetings where they were, where they were yelling at him and you know trying to talk sense to him. That, clearly no one will get anywhere near President Biden saying anything like that. So the president who just a few days ago told us there were more important things to do than visit the southern border... Today said he's going to visit it and also said he hasn't visited it because Republicans are not serious about the border. So before he said Republicans were talking about it because it was a political issue, now he says Republicans are not serious about it. Okay, I don't think anybody's serious about it except the people that are impacted by it. The only people I ever talk to or hear, in my experience, that make any kind of sense about this are the people that call this show and write to me and are living through the experience of being in a border county or community or came here to this country. They are new immigrants, and they they have more clarity about why borders matter and why immigration law and sovereignty matter. New immigrants get this more than, than in many cases, people that have been here for generations. Joe Biden is like a lot of Americans. He's never had to know anything about this, and he clearly doesn't know anything about it. It is kind of remarkable that in the year 2023, we could have an American president with this little a grasp of the problem. If it was 50 or 75 years ago, I'd say, well, okay, it could happen. It's pretty incredible that in 2023, he just has no idea. Didn't know what Title Eight was, didn't know what Title 42 was, didn't know what CBP stood for. When he wasn't lying about it, he just sounded like he didn't really understand it. And this thing about the app, that sounds like a joke, right? That sounds like, sounds like some Jimmy Kimmel bit. We're going to solve the border crisis with an app. Why invent an app? You know? Why not just use an app that's already available? Like maybe we could just have all the uh, people who want to come into the country use Uber. Or we could have them all use DoorDash. I'm, I'm, I'm being flippant, but I mean, the, the last, literally, the last thing we need, based on recent experience, is a government website. That's, if for any problem you would put before me, I would say that's probably the worst news you could get is, oh, there's going to be a new website. Good grief. Come on. 210 599 5555. All right, tell me what you think. Get a vote in on the JR poll. Do you approve or disapprove of the stance? that Congressman Chip Roy has taken on the McCarthy issue. We'll talk about it. Uh, They just had another vote. Still not enough votes for anyone to be Speaker of the House. Continuing to keep an eye on that here on 550 and 1071. 
KTSA. Before we check KTSA Time Saver Traffic, I'll tell you that Helen Bernatek and her folks at Helen's Money Team with Guild Mortgage are mortgage bankers, which means when you talk to them, you get advice on and access to all kinds of loans, conventional, FHA, VA, USVA, Jumbo, uh, multifamily, all the di- whatever it is you're doing, they have the advice and they have the right mortgage products to help you, you know, choose from. And then, of course, they're there for you to kind of walk you through it and execute and get the paperwork done, initial here, sign there. Uh, you, you couldn't be in better hands. And that's why when I refinanced, I did it with Helen's Money Team with Guild Mortgage at 210-403-0808. Go to them, tell them your story, and the advice is the best. 210-403-0808 or go to helensmoneyteam.com. Helen's Money Team with Guild Mortgage, Equal Housing Lender, Company NMLS number 3274. 6.23 on KTSA. We'll kick off the weekend with The Dish, which will be live, and we will be taking your calls live tomorrow night at 6. We'll talk restaurants. You can praise or zing. Your most recent restaurant experience around San Antonio and South Texas um, on the show tomorrow. 210-599-5555 will get you a vote in the JR poll. We're talking also about the president coming out and, and saying the most he has said in a long time, maybe ever since he became president, about immigration and the southern border. Uh, but it's not great news. It does not sound at all like it's in the interest of controlling the border, uh, enforcing. Uh, it does not sound like the president has had any change of heart. He He's apparently acknowledging that it's a problem, but it's not his problem. It's not of his making. We're going to have an app. People can apply for asylum on the app. I, I, I do think that, and it's not just Joe Biden, I do think that our political class, when they're not in denial about immigration, uh, have their own agenda for immigration. So when you look at your life and your family and your community, you know, you're looking at things like your safety, your job, your local economy, your infrastructure. You don't hate anybody. You've got a loving, open heart. You are probably yourself the child or grandchild of immigrants or, or, or are an immigrant. you got to remember that they, the political classes in this country, both parties, they don't think about this the way you and I do. They don't live where we live. They don't live how we live. All of this is like pieces on a game board to them. The game is staying in office and accruing power and money. So they're never going to relate to it the way we do, or at least most of them are not. So what do you think? Matt is on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Matt, good evening. Hey, Jack. How you doing? Um, yeah, I agree with you totally on what you just said. But as long as they hold their cell phones above their heads when they're crossing the river, because I wouldn't want that app to short out. You know what I mean? Because yeah, that's... <laughs> Bring everything you have. He said they would leave everything home and get up and just come with nothing. So how do we assume they have a phone? 
Well, we, we, I mean, I actually, when you look at the pictures, most of them do, and I, I don't understand I that, and I, I have no idea how that happens, but but I'm, right. I would be more worried. I, I'm not so worried about the river. If that app works the way the rest of the government's, <laughs> you know, famous websites work, they're SOL to begin with. Right. True. You know they'll be getting right. the they'll be getting a little uh, they'll be getting a little circle thing uh, while they're trying right. to apply for for uh, parole or for uh, asylum. Yeah, no, it's it, it, it is unbelievable. It, and, and and I mean, this is the guy. We this is the guy that got eighty one million votes. Right. With well, to bring it up now, I mean, he's only bringing it up now because now the Republicans have Congress, and he's saying, let's do something, Congress. Well, yeah, because the Democrats have their majority is gone now and it's in turmoil so yeah. that's why he's, you're right so but i don't think he's even too I, I don't think there's very much the republicans are going to do first of all they've got a tiny majority uh, which at the moment they don't even right. have but they, they're gonna have a tiny majority you you have more you have more wobbly weak unserious republicans than you have the margin of their majority so essentially, anything that's meaningful, they're not going to pass it. True. I always urge my son to be a, become a senator or a congressman just for two years, because then all, that then he's got a lifetime um, pension and health care. There you go. There you go. You're you're all set, Matt. Thank you for the call, sir. Thank you. Good to have you on. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Yeah, we're talking about the president's announcement. We're talking about Chip Roy. Uh, on the JR poll question, do you approve or disapprove of Chip Roy's uh, handling or his stance on um, this speaker battle? By the way, I noticed that um, the new governor of Arizona is taking down the container wall that the previous governor had put up. He had stacked uh, shipping containers. And the argument for taking it down uh, was that it wasn't working because uh, people could still get around it or over it. Every single fence or wall I've ever seen had a top, right? So... If that was an argument against the Arizona border wall, that's an argument against ever. Uh, that's an argument against ever building a fence or a wall. Somebody could get over it. A pole vaulter could come along. A tall person could come along. A person with a ladder could come along. A person with a jetpack like James Bond, you know. Could, okay, but. Anything that slows it down, anything that, that is an extra impediment, anything that buys the good guys a few more minutes to respond or get there or, uh, you know, mount up, helps. But this is what we're going to do as a country till we get serious about this. Party A will do one thing. Party B will win an election and say, we're going to undo that. Party A will come back. You know, th we're just going to... and and and. If you're if you're trying to get into this country and you're, that doesn't make you the bad guy necessarily, there are bad guys, but I don't blame people that want to come to this country. But if you're watching all this, you got to like your chances. You're not seeing the greatest country on earth make the greatest effort on earth at enforcing its border. 
you know, we're not doing the border like we did the Apollo program or like we did winning World War II or <laughs> this, this or, or, or in any, you know, building the Golden Gate Bridge or, or, or whatever it was. This is not our finest hour. We're, we're intentionally being dumb about this. And, yeah, I mean, fences and walls and borders all have tops. That's a thing.